Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners. We're your hosts, Mariah and Shay. And in today's episode, we are having a good conversation with one of probably one of my longest business friends. But like, yeah, I'm I'm not me and Caitlin, it's it's Caitlin Kessler. And we've known about each other in the online business space since both of us got in here. We kind of got into the digital realm around the same time. And we kind of knew about each other for a while. And then we ended up having some coffee chats and really chatting. And honestly, I've just seen her transition from being a graphic designer to a coach. And I thought that the transition seemed super seamless on the outside. I was honestly a little jealous. I was like, yo, this bitch, whatever the fuck she wants to do, she just like does it. And she, it seemed like she was just able to transition very easily. So I'm excited to have her on the podcast. This conversation that we had with her, it just dives into so many different facets of things. And the way that she explains things, it's really light and fun, yet deep and insightful. And you can tell in the conversation that we just had had a full a full go around good time with this. And I really like how we were able to kind of dive into like what it means to create a sustainable 20-hour work week because we hear that in the online space all the time like oh create your 20-hour work week and it's like cool I can have a 20-hour work week this week but like how do I keep that moving going forward like how do I make this achievable and sustainable long term so yeah this conversation was just really really fun for me Mm. I love that yeah Caitlin is such a good example of someone who has not only been doing the work in terms of like growing her business and evolving it into something that is really like fit with, I think her zone of genius, but she's also doing the internal work and the healing and the growing, the kind of like internal growth that comes along with being able to step up into a higher position and hold more. And she really honestly has shares a lot of tips and I'm not going to say tips and tricks, but just strategies that she's used to support her you know, financially, but also her nervous system, like as she moves throughout the online business world. And um, I, I'll leave a little teaser here, but she shares something about building trust with yourself and keeping promises to yourself that has continued to blow my mind. You know, we recorded this episode a few months ago and it has been a game changer for me in my morning routine and um, just kind of how I think about myself and the promises I make to myself. So stick around at least until that point. I I personally found um, all of her wisdom to be gold, but in general, that conversation around self-trust and keeping promises that you make to yourself and even being aware of the promises that you're making to yourself was really a game changer for me. So without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Caitlin before we dive into the episode. She's a business coach and mentor dedicated to supporting her clients as they step into more ease throughout their businesses and lives. Caitlin works with both practical business strategy and the inner work to create businesses that actually feel good to show up in and run. Her work is centered around self-trust, values, and leadership. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Caitlin, we are so excited to have you here on the podcast. It's funny because Shay, before we hopped on, was like, how do you know Caitlin? And I was like, the fuck if I know, dude. Like, I don't really, I don't really know how I know you. I think it was just we got maybe into the online business space around the same time. And I remember um 
you were more into like the graphic design service provider arena back then. And I've kind of just been following your transition into more of like the coaching space. And we've had quite a few calls together to connect and kind of chat and like get to know each other. But I'm really excited for this conversation because I think that your perspective on business in general and like your transition and everything is super fucking interesting. So can you kind of take us there of just like, you were really focusing on graphic design, like being a service provider, like how the fuck did you end up being a coach, a mindset coach? Like, what was that like? Yeah, good question. Well, it started probably in elementary. I'm just kidding. You know, it actually did probably start in elementary school. <laughs> I was a super weird kid. I remember checking out books, trying to learn how to bend spoons with my mind. And now we're here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm actually not kidding. Um, anyway, I, yeah. So when I started in the online business space, actually, that's so funny. Cause I don't really remember how we met either. I just know that we always just, I feel like I just always knew who you were yeah. at some point <laughs> we had a coffee chat or something. Um, but I started in the online space in 2015 earlier in the year, my sister had actually come to me and was like, I want to start an Etsy shop. I want to make like wedding things like wedding numbers and that kind of like the table numbers and stuff. And she had no like design background when I was, I have a design background. I've been working as a designer. And so we started that way. And eventually just through like running that and trying to make a blog associated with it, I like kind of stumbled into people offering services online. And I was like, what the hell? Where am I? (laughs) I do this and I go to a job, but these people do this and they stay home. And this sounds awesome. And I kind of just went with it. I was in a really dark period in my life, like personally, and it was this outlet to like focus all my attention and energy on. And, um, it kind of coincided with like what I kind of jokingly call like my quarter life crisis and like moving States and all of this stuff. Um, and the first year of business was pretty bad. I really just racked up a lot of debt, had no idea what I was doing. And then at the end of that year, I really sort of like found my footing and grew that business doing more like retainer type work. So I was like designing PDFs and course slides and all these sorts of things for people, because that was at the same time in the online space, like when courses and things like that were really becoming super um, popular. So I had a ton of business, which was great. And that was going well for a little while. And I kind of built that business to be really flexible with my time and in my spare time, because I had a lot of spare time, I was like researching. I don't remember why I had heard of what NLP was, but I'd heard about neuro-linguistic programming. I was like Googling how to learn more about it just for myself. Like I wanted to, I wanted to just know it. I wanted to understand it. I've always been interested in like kind of self-help and personal development and stuff like that. And, um, when I was like trying to figure it out, I came across coaching certifications and it seemed less expensive to do a coaching certification that included NLP than any of these other things that I had been finding online. And it was like fitting more into the world that I was already familiar with. And so I did a coaching certification with the full intention of like, this is just for me. I want to be able to self-coach. I want to be able to learn more. I'm really interested in this stuff. And then throughout getting that certification and like practicing the different tools and techniques and all these sorts of things, I was like, this is awesome. I kind of love this. (laughs) And so it sort of naturally evolved into, um, creating like, I guess a separate business, a new business for the coaching. And that was in 2019. So it's been 
a pretty, like not that weird of a journey, but I guess if you, if you only knew me as a designer, you'd be like, where did that come out of? But in my mind, it makes so much sense because I've always been someone who asks a lot of questions and it's very nosy and wants to know why you think this way. So to me, it feels like a natural evolution, but, um, it definitely was probably like really sudden from the outside looking in. <laughs> yeah. T- I'm curious. First of all, NLP is a word that I hear all the time. It gets thrown around. And to be honest, I've Googled it quite a few times and I still don't yeah. really get it. Would you yeah. mind giving like a short, if you, if you feel comfortable, like what is NLP? Yeah. So I, I can actually tell you the real definition of it. To be honest, I, I'm grateful for my certification, but I don't fully subscribe to all the teachings of NLP. Um, so I've just kind of taken what works for me and adapted it with my own sorts of tools and techniques and interests and everything. Um, but the most common definition that I usually tell people is that it's just the study of success. It's the study of the language that can help you be more successful. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's built from people who were studying really successful, like psychologists and therapists and, and not necessarily creating something new, but studying what they were doing as they were so successful and creating from that being like, oh, I see that you word things like this. Let's make that into something. Oh, I see you're asking these kinds of questions. Let's make that into something. So I like the idea of how it was built, but, um, I don't usually like lead with like, oh, I'm an NLP coach anymore. Cause sure. there are some connotations of it that I don't necessarily like. Like, I don't know if you've seen the it... on HBO. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's why I asked. I was like, I just finished the last season and then I am really intrigued by half of what they talk about. I think, and I think yeah. I like NLP cause I'm drawn to the power of language and our inner dialogue yeah. and the inner ni- narrator. So Is I know it like it's affirmations, all... like uh, it's tangibly, tangibly. Like what, yeah. Like what is it? There's tools and techniques underneath it. So like you could say like creating an anchor for someone, like helping them associate like this, pressing on this, associating feelings of calmness. Like that's a thing under NLP. So there's like tools under NLP, but the main thing that it is, is really just watching how you speak. Mm -hmm. It's speaking, like it's presupposing that things are going to work for you. It's positive mindset basically, which is why I think you have to be a little careful with getting too attached to it. Cause obviously then there's some chance for not great things. <laughs> so it is a little vague at the top and then you get more drilled in by the tools and the techniques. And I feel like yeah. that's why NLP has also kind of confused me. I'm just like, yeah, the Can fuck you... is an NLP? I'm just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. When yeah. you, in the certification I went through, you like, you learn all these different tools. Like you learn like how to like change beliefs and like rewire patterns and like interrupt patterns, like things that you like see like Tony Robbins and stuff doing. Like a lot of that is like NLP techniques. The part that I think I've attached the most to and and use the most without even trying to, like y'all probably use it without even trying to, is just questioning, just being like, oh, what made you think that? Where did that come from? Right. It's just using the the meta model to get deeper underneath things. So being curious about like the way that you think and why the fuck you said something is basically, yeah. Which really kind of messed me up for a while when I got the whole thing, because there's this whole section on building rapport. I am someone, I will sit next to you at a bar and by the end of it, I will be in your wedding. Like that is my personality. (laughs) So now I'm learning how to build rapport and suddenly I'm so in my head, I'm overthinking and I'm like, which direction is their eyes going? Are they lying to me? Like, are we comfortable? Are they mirroring me? I'm, I can't. And it's so like, I, while I'm grateful for my certification, when my clients come to me and they're like, do you think I should get a certification? I'm like, 
are you getting it because you think you I can't do this otherwise? Like you think you need this to, to be good at what you do? Cause I'm guessing if you have an interest in it, you're probably someone who's curious. You're probably someone that's good at asking questions. Like, I don't know if it's actually necessary unless there's like a skill that you're really interested. Like I just did a, um, like a rapid resolution therapy kind of training. Cause I was just, I was really nosy. I wanted to know how this technique worked kind of thing, but it wasn't from a place of like lack or I'm not good enough, or I can't do this without it kind of thing. It was just genuine, like interest and in wanting to understand it. Anyway, I love that tip. clarification. That's actually something Mariah and I have been having an ongoing conversation offline about is like, mm-hmm. it's not necessary. It's not bad to invest in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like learning that decision-making framework that you just described. Like, am I doing this from a place of like, I'm not enough, I'm missing something, <laughs> or am I doing this because it's a truly a curiosity driven thing. And what I loved about your story, there's so many moments of I was really curious about it. And so I just went down the rabbit hole. And I think that's so cool. And I love how you've, it sounds like you've added to your tool belt um, over time in terms of like coaching techniques. Because I know Mariah also mentioned that you have done like a human design certification recently. So would you mind taking us through, like we kind of dove right into NLP, but like, tell us about your toolkit. Like what, what kind of skills have you learned and what do you like to use? And I'm sure you kind of have your own spin on it. Yeah. So the things that I use the most often, um, I use this new training that I've just, um, kind of started incorporating more into my business. And honestly, it's, it's just about the same thing as NLP. (laughs) if I'm being totally transparent, it's just a different take on it. Um, so I use that rapid resolution therapy RRT. I use, I will, depending on the work that I'm doing with the client, like I'll go into things like time techniques. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but Mm -hmm. timeline and everything like that. Um, and that's kind of like from the NLP world. I use creating anchors a lot. That's from the NLP world. I use like technically the meta model, but I don't even want to give credit to NLP for that. That's just me being a really nosy person. I mean, like, but why, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I'm so like, I've been like that since forever. Right. Um, and then I do use human design and the gene keys. Uh, I don't promote necessarily. I thought I would for a while, but I have decided not to promote like just readings for people, but I'll incorporate it with like the work with my clients. And we'll talk about, you know, like if they're interested in it, if they want to use it, we'll talk about the impact of these different defined centers and of their type and their authority. And we'll use that for like their decision-making processes and stuff. But that was another thing that I just did out of curiosity. Part of the question was like, when you entered, it was like, what do you see yourself using this for? And I was like, myself, <laughs> like just All to be more interesting at parties, to annoy people <laughs> by asking their birth times. I don't know. Oh my God. That literally happened to me. I was at... God, it was like some party or something. And like, usually at this time I go, I go home by like 10 o'clock, 10 30, yeah. like it's over for me. I yeah. stayed until I'm not kidding. 5. AM. Oh my God. I, I stopped drinking at like 11 PM <laughs> and I just stayed up literally just reading people's charts and like word vomiting and more people would sit down and more people would sit down. And I was like, it is 4 30. I need to fucking call an Uber. <laughs> and my boyfriend was like, why the fuck were you out? Like, were you doing drugs? Like, what the <laughs> fuck were you doing? And I was like, reading people's human design charts. I gotta go. I gotta go to sleep. It can suck you in a hole. Oh yeah. And and it's weird because it's like I was I actually had a call with someone who's a friend of a friend recently who she was like really interested in. And my friend was like, Caitlin can read your chart for you, da, 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 even though I don't like offer that. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And 
we were talking about it. She was really into it. And she's like, where did this come from? And I was like, Ooh, see, that's when it starts to get real weird. And people immediately turn off from it because like, will my like very like not woo boyfriend can be like, yeah, I'm a projector. Yeah. I got to take it through my emotional authority. Cause I've like said it so much. And then as soon as I'm like, and then the beams of the stars came through 88 days before he was like, well, you lost me there. <laughs> and so like, don't, don't ask the origin if you're not totally into this conversation, <laughs> like, otherwise it's going to get really weird, really quick. <laughs> yeah. We had a whole episode on human design um, with Neha, which was season one or season two. Now I can't remember, but um, that's one thing we talked about. The origin story in and of itself is so bizarre. <laughs> And not <laughs> uh, like, I'm just like, don't just don't go there. Like take what you, you get out of it. I do think there's so much helpfulness, but like when you start to get derailed with all that extra stuff, it's like, just put it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. If you're not very open-minded, you're going to suddenly think it's real crazy. <laughs> so I'm an HD. We're all HD nerds here. What your boyfriend's a projector. What are, I'm a projector. What are you? I'm also a projector. I'm oh, cool. Uh, my husband is also a projector and all of my best friends are besides Mariah. So I've noticed that I attract a lot of projectors. And then Mariah is like the completion of all of my gates. Like we have this weird <laughs> symbiotic relationship going on. We were so. meant to be. <laughs> yeah, we were meant to be partners in life. That's just, that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm a generator. Andrew is a manifesting generator. But... I find, because I don't, to be honest, I think I've only read a couple manifestors charts. And I think that Andrew was more manifester than generator. Is that possible with Manny Jens of just like leaning to one thing or another? Like the, if it was like coming from Ra himself, like, no, um, he, like, he didn't even separate generators and manifesting generators. They were just all under generators. Like there's four types, not five. If like you're, if you're talking to people who are more in like the, like the new camp, like the new HD people, they might say yes. Um, I think depending on what, what defines the energy to his throat, if it's a conscious gate versus like an unconscious gate, he just might be like more aware of it. Like for me, I'm consciously defined in the heart and the, um, my emotional center and my heart are connected. And I'm very aware of that energy. Whereas my throat in my identity center, that's unconscious energy. So like, I'm less used to it. I'm less comfortable with it, if that makes sense. Interesting. I just pulled up his chart and what connects his sacral to his throat is in, what is it? Uh, subconscious. What connects his sacral to his throat is, is it red or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. It's red. Yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting. And we don't have to go down this rabbit hole because there's a lot of other things we want to talk about, but it's like, yeah, it's just, uh, I would, yeah, it's fucking fascinating to me. And if you're our listener it. right now, like, what the hell is human design? It's a tool that <laughs> we've all used. Um, it's easy to jump right into the rabbit hole in human design. I'm sure we've all been down multiple hours of binging <laughs> human design. It's been really um, monumental in helping Mariah and I, and I'm assuming Caitlin, um, mm-hmm. get clear on you know, what you're doing here in your life, what, when this life, what your message is, where your blind spots are. It was just been very, very helpful for a lot of self-awareness for me. Um, and everybody I share it with, honestly. So if you're curious, um, go in the rabbit, honor that rabbit hole. We have a couple podcast episodes about it, you know, stop Caitlin. I'm sure there's like a, there's just a ton of content, fortunately these days out there about it. Um, everybody has their own profile. We'll link to where you could get your own chart read in the notes, but, um, check it out. We really think it's worth your time or else we wouldn't bring it up in almost every single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I and I, yeah. 
yeah i was just gonna say and this is why i appreciate shay's projector ass because she just (laughs) zooms out she's like wait a minute we need to fucking connect these dots over here and i'm like i'll just spin in the rabbit hole like spinning around and around and around well uh you know to get us back we have there is no on track right but today we want to caitlin has a really cool story um i'm from the creative world as well i also got started with a creative design agency we did more website stuff but my husband is a true graphic designer so i know that in that world it is like hustle 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 work 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 and kind of get treated like crap like you really get treated like an order taker or like the old way of doing things so i'm really curious about I know part of your whole message now is really helping people build business with ease and really talking about lifestyle design and like, how do we make a business really work around our lives and not the other way around. So tell me about your transition. I'm assuming you were probably in that overworked creative realm. And like, how did that go moving more into like a place of ease? And was it hard for me? It's been kind of hard mentally, like kind of (laughs) embracing a new lifestyle, if that makes any sense. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think like just to, mention human design again but like as a projector like you're living in a world that just has more energy than you always have and like I've always been different in that sense like in my family and everything like that um there's no other projectors (laughs) there's no other non-sacral beings in my immediate family so like um I guess it's kind of funny because now like just thinking about it like this is going to sound like such a lame thing to say, but like always really sleepy. Like it was just always really sleek. <laughs> always. Like I was like, there was different points in my life where I was like, are you depressed? I was like, no, I'm just really tired. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm honestly just sleepy. Um, but anyway, I starting in the graphic design space, starting that business was such a weird time in my life that it felt really easy to overwork because it was the only thing I actually like had. I had just ended a really tumultuous relationship. I had re- uh, left a job I didn't like, left a town I didn't like. And I was like starting over in Charleston and I had no friends, like no connections. My sister was super pregnant. She wasn't going to go out partying with me, like all this stuff. And so it was so easy to just be like work. That's all I do. That's all I care about. This is like my whole life was kind of devoted to that. And then it just, as like, I met Will and I started having friends, like just never, it never swung back. Like the, the pendulum never got back to like, you do work and then you, you have other interests and hobbies and things like that. Right. Um, so in 2018 in the fall, I was meeting with my accountant and he was like, Hey, like, just so you know, like you're on track this year, like you should make six figures if everything stays the same. And I was like, Holy shit. I had no idea. Like, wow, that's, that's so cool. That's so exciting. And then I had this really like conscious choice. This client reached out and it was like a big deal client, a big name, like really recognizable for a large package, like da, 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 da. And there was like a hundred red flags, just like boom, 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 boom. But I was like, but like, this will make me cross six figures. Like, this is so exciting. Da, 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 da. And I did it. And I remember like, she was like calling me, like she got my cell phone number somehow. She was calling, even though I didn't give it out at this point, she was like calling me on Thanksgiving, like asking me to do stuff for Black Friday and like all this shit. And I was like, what? This is insane. And so that was like the kind of line in the sand of like the next year, I literally cut my work hours in half. I established so many boundaries. Like I just got so like, no, like I don't do this. I don't do this. Like this is the turnaround. Like I just got very regimented with things because honestly, I was like, I think I was kind of like, I don't care. Like if you, like I wasn't like from this, like 
I guess it was like empowerment, but in a way it was like, kind of like, fuck it empowerment. Like I was like holding the match. Like, I don't care if you don't like this. And it really worked out for me because I, you know, still had a really great financial year, but working less and just feeling so much better in my space. And that's what opened up the time to do the coaching certification and all that journey. Um, yeah. Did that answer your question? I feel like I kind of just, it, no, it really does. I'm sitting here taking notes. Cause there's so many, um, similarities in my journey. And I really appreciate you sharing. Like, I think there's this message online, like hit six figures at all costs. And even if that means you are working 90 hour weeks and you don't have a personal life, like your business six figures is the only goal. Your business is not, and you are not a good business owner and your business is not good unless you hit six figures at all costs. And, and for me, like we just hinted at, it's always been the other way around for me. Like it's life first. Like I am working to support the life I want. And so like that never really clicked with me. And I love what you're saying of like, not trying to having the awareness around not getting swept up in that, because a lot of times the trade-off is you aren't saying no to the things that you should be saying no to. And you're having the client that's so common in the design world, especially that client that's like, texting you at three o'clock in the morning and mad because you don't respond 30 minutes later. I don't know why that's the norm in that industry, but unfortunately it is. Um, And so I really appreciate that point around, and this is kind of a point we make on the podcast, a lot of connecting with yourself on your own goals, you know, what is important to you and like, why are you in this? And then I love what you said about like, take the time to create some (laughs) non-negotiables. Like, what are you available for? What is important to you? You know, um, what don't you want? You don't want clients texting you at, you know, um, on Thanksgiving morning, right? So how do we create a business that includes that? And that be the gold medal instead of I hit six figures, even though I was sick, my family hates me, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like the way we evaluate business is so odd to me in that respect. Totally agree. And I have like multiple stories within that year. 2018 was like a really hard year for me. I, um, I have a story that I share about like my sister being like, this is amazing. Like you're making so much money when I was like telling her like what was coming in and stuff. She's like, why does it still kind of feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like my life, cause I was still just in this like heightened stress. Like, and I don't think I would have, I'm curious, like, cause I didn't six figures wasn't a conscious goal. It was definitely something that was like, just brought into me. But as soon as it was brought to my attention that I could hit it, then it became the obsession for the next like three to four months. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I think the obsession was just more like, I just, I was like, I just need more. I need more. I need more. And like, you know, I've done a lot of work around what that was. And it was like feeling safe and feeling secure and feeling stable, like searching for that feeling. Um, and never realizing that like I had it, I had it at two K months. I had it at three K months. I had it at five K months, but like, I just didn't know that that's what I was looking for. So in my head, more was going to make me feel better or safer. Yeah. And I feel like, especially running a business, I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. And actually, I feel like Shay, me and you just had a conversation offline about this not long ago, where it was like, you know, like that kind of like burn it down feeling of you're just like, I don't give a fuck. Like I will burn (laughs) this shit down. I'm going to run the business the way that I want to run it. And I feel like that's when ease really clicked for me. Mm. I remember it was like, uh, not even that long, less than a year ago. I remember I was sitting there and I was like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I will take out a business loan. I will go and fucking make money on Fiverr. I will go like, I don't fucking care. 
I am choosing myself over the output and the demands of clients in which I notice my clients don't demand. I give them the deadlines. So it's like, I do this to myself and I'm just like, it's very interesting, but I feel like it doesn't click until it clicks because like previously in business, I've heard this advice kind of like a million times where it's like, yeah, get the boundaries, do this, do that. Just like, if you want to grow a business that's sustainable, you can't be in a hustle mentality. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, but stress is subtle and you don't realize it until you realize it. And then seeing that you can run a business a different way does not integrate until it clicks. And like, that's just, I guess my maybe my own personal uh, relationship that I've had with it, but I feel like it's just so relatable. Mm. Yeah. I talk about the, um, that's that like fuck it moment quite a bit with my clients. I have a theory and it's, I mean, it's, it's been true in all of my experiences and a lot of my clients experiences <laughs> open to it not being true <laughs> open Ajna. Um, but I, I have this idea of what I thought surrender was going to look like. I thought surrender was going to look like I don't know. I'm floating in a water. My hair's wafting out behind me. I'm, I'm in full trust. I'm glowing. There's like unicorns. I don't know, like just very beautiful. And for me, surrender has always been, fuck it. I don't give a fucking fuck anymore. (laughs) I'm like ready to just like do whatever I want to do. And then things magically happen. That's how my first like business started. Like that's, you know, ending all these things, moving to Charleston. Like that's what started it. That's when I moved into the retainer work, which blew up. That's when I ended up actually fully committing to the coaching. And that's when it started taking off. And it's always just been the state of like, I'm, I'm done trying to do it the perfect way. I'm doing it my way and magical things happen. That's a quote of all. Yeah. I, I love that correlation. And like in my life, just looking back, I feel like that is true for me. And it's funny that you said the definition of surrender, because I think we've brought this up in a few episodes where it was like, I remember when I had some, I don't know if it was like, I got a medium reading, if I got like a birth chart reading, it was some kind of something. And somebody was like, yo, bitch, you need to fucking surrender. I remember going to Google and being how to surrender. I bought a book. (laughs) How the fuck do I surrender? Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I just think that it's interesting. It's like such an important part of of life, of business, of sustainability, of feeling fulfilled, uh, truly, deeply fulfilled, not just mm-hmm. like uh, there's surface level fulfillment, but l- true, deep, penetrating fulfillment comes when you surrender. But we have to be willing to go to the depths to find out what that means for us. Mm-hmm. And that's work. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Self-trust work, right? I mean, in both of those examples that we've talked about, there's been this huge level of, I trust that I'll be able to figure it out. I trust that I'll be okay. So I'm just going to, I trust that I'll go get five or jobs. I trust that I'll go get a job at Starbucks or whatever it might be. So fuck it. Right. Yeah. And the, underneath that is this, like, I can rely on myself. Like, I know that in that moment, if I need to scoop money out of Abundance River, like, I'll figure figure it out, out, right? Like, it's fine. (laughs) There's so many ways to earn money. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful (laughs) mindset to have. Um, I I actually, that you're hitting, you're hitting on all of our, like, top hits here. The the self-trust, surrender and self-trust are two really big themes of the podcast. And um, it's funny, as you guys were talking about surrender, 
I realize that the immediate story that pops up for me is I think of somebody holding up the white flag in, in war, you know, and surrendering. And so that's almost got like a negative context. But Caitlin, when I heard you talk about it, it was like this like spa experience. And then I know in reality, it is more like the fucking experience, you know, and just like, I'm all I got at the end of the day. So like, let's life's a game. Let's see what happens. And I do think that like, I don't know, there's some kind of like relationship between self-trust and surrender that is really neat. But I I would consider you, I know people are weird about the words expert, but I do consider you as someone who is knowledgeable around self-trust. Would you mind sharing with us um, how you go about building that self-trust muscle and like, what did that look Ooh, like? For yeah, you? this is, okay, so I'm sorry to bring up human design again. Please, So I have been working with, honestly, like she's not a therapist, but the stuff we talk about goes so deep. I'm a coach for almost four years now. And, um, she had just kind of gotten started. I didn't realize this at the time. Cause she already like looked so, so successful to me on the internet, but, um, she had really just started her human design business back in 2019. Um, wow. 2019 was a really transformative year for me. I'm just realizing I keep referencing it. Um, she, I got a reading with her, like my first ever human design reading and, she's a projector. And of course it's so beautiful. It was like such a good example to me of an invitation at the end of the call. I was like, how do I pay you more money? <laughs> like, how do I, I would like to pay you more money to be in my life kind of thing. And we've been coaching together, um, on and off ever since. And one of the first things that we started talking about was my defined heart and breaking promises to myself, because I was in a pattern of anything, not even business related. I'm going to wake up at 6am and do this. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to drink a gallon of water a day, like all these little tiny promises. And I was, um, really into like controlling myself and like restricting things. I have a background with a lot of that in my life and I, and a Virgo moon and I just like regimented everything, but then I never fulfilled on a lot of these things that I like regimented for myself. Like I would plan, but not execute. And what it came down to at the end of the day, and she kind of helped me see was that I had completely like broken my self-trust over these small little micro unfulfillments and all these like pressures to do this and say, I'm going to do this, but then never actually doing it. And so like, if I was doing that in a small way, 20 times a day, of course, I'm not going to trust myself when I say I'm going to do something big and bold and, and intense. Right. And so she had me start with a practice of basically canceling all of those promises and all of those commitments and really starting to lean into the trust that like, I don't need to schedule bathroom breaks. I know when to go to the bathroom. I don't need to schedule brushing my teeth in the morning. I know I'm going to brush my teeth in the morning, like really kind of breaking up with these rules and red, like regulations that I had built for myself out of this place of complete lack of self-trust and needing to control and grip like everything in my life. Um, so we did that for a while, for a while, it was the only work was not making promises to myself. And the metaphor that she gave me was that if we pictured it, like, like the ground, I wasn't even at ground level. I was like, so deep in the distrust that I just had to work on like the fill dirt to get me back to here before I could actually build self-trust. Um, so then from that point, then we started introducing really small promises and it would be like dumb stuff. I'd be like, I am going to eat a salad. Like while the salad was sitting in front of me already made, like ready to be eaten just to like, start to build this, um, relationship with my mind that like, I say, I'm going to do something and I do it. And that was another kind of lengthy kind of experiment. And then it just kind of grew from there to bigger promises and bigger things, but that's been my journey and the most helpful tool that I've personally had self-trust 
And it sounds weird to say the first step is to stop trying. <laughs> no, it doesn't Holy sound shit. weird. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't sound weird at all. That, and I'm, I'm really grateful that you shared the word lengthy. Mm-hmm. That you shared that it fucking takes time. We're in a microwave society where it's like, put this in for five seconds and ding, it's done. And it's like, no, the deep work in order to get to ease, apparently through this episode, we're realizing that in order to get to ease, you need to figure out a maybe like what surrender means to you. What does it look like for you? Does it look like a fuck it moment? Like, what is that? And how does that feel? And like, kind of just get curious about that. And then also like, where are you on like the self-trust meter? Yeah. Truly, where are you on that? And just allowing yourself to kind of explore those in my perspective are some of the only ways to then even get to the level of the building where you can open the door of ease because Mm. And I mean, safety comes in here too, but it's like, maybe we build safety when we build self-trust and we surrender. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, I I think that these building blocks are truly the only way to build ease in life, but obviously also in business. Yeah. And I just want to add one more thing. I feel very called out. This is something, you know, I'm on a journey with self-trust. This podcast is like documentation of it. And so I, I really have struggled with a morning routine and every night I go to bed with like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to meditate and then I'm going to do a Peloton and then I'm going to do this and my morning pages. And then I'm going to hit the day. And I never get to all those things ever. It's not realistic. Um, or maybe it is in another world, but like I'm starting the day with like four broken promises to myself. Mm. So like subconsciously, what is that? And I may get to one or the other. And instead of celebrating myself for making to one, I'm shaming myself for the three that I didn't get to. And so that is really, I appreciated something that's coming up for me over and over. I've had people ask me like, how do I strengthen my relationship with intuition or self-trust? And I think it happens in these small micro moments. It's 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 just little small baby steps over time to Mariah's point of like, I I hadn't thought about like, just stop making promises to yourself, start there. And that feels very hard. I was like, wow, I like that metaphor. I was like, I feel like I need to rise up out of there, but that is powerful. And then the other thing that I've been working on is where am I outsourcing trust? I feel like my whole life I've been like, you know, better than me, your opinion's better than me. So I am like trusting all these outside sources and not, and not trusting myself. And like, what is that subconsciously telling me when I'm not valuing my own opinion and my own knowing? Right. So I think that's like focusing on those little moments are really, really powerful. And then starting to pay attention to where are you trying to like outsource self-trust in your life and cutting those cords. Those two things have been really, really powerful. So I appreciate you sharing that, like Uh, that ground metaphor, I feel like it's going to help me take it to a next level. That was so uh, tangible and helpful. Thank you. Oh, yes. We'll we'll have to thank Jess because it came from her. (laughs) But yes. But no, I share that with a lot of my clients and it's a really common thing. And the fear that comes up is to tie it back to like the, the really like kind of trusting yourself. The whole thing is like this big fear of like, if I don't make these promises, I'm not going to do, I'm like, hold on. I'm still going to like go to sleep and drink water and eat food. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not helpless. Like I'm not a, like a baby. Like I, like, this weird thought that I have that if I, if I don't control and manipulate every single second, I won't 
move. I won't grow. I want, I'm like, hold on. Like, that's what humans do. Like, I, I shouldn't worry about that too much. Like I'm, I'm pretty solid there. And I've got enough people around me, enough people who care about me that if they see me suddenly forgetting to eat or drink water, like someone's going to be like, Hey, have you eaten? You seem a little hangry, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I feel like it, it comes into society's, uh, perspective of what productivity is. Mm. I think that that kind of comes into play here too. And also it's funny that you were like, yeah, like if I don't schedule my bathroom breaks, like then I'm not going to go to the bathroom or like, I'm not going to eat or I'm not going to like whatever. But obviously that's on a very small problem solving scale, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's like, we forget that as humans, we are natural problem solvers. We have always been and always will have to be. Like, look at the way that society has changed from the 1920s until now. In such a short, it's an actual, like a very short amount of time, a hundred years. That's not a long amount of time. And like, look how much we've accomplished. We are natural problem solvers. And that's essentially what creativity is. No, is like all it is, is kind of solving a problem. And so I feel like we just don't give ourselves enough credit. It's like it is in our DNA to be a problem solver. So it could be like if you're over scheduling shit and just like stressing yourself out that way, like you're not trusting your innate ability to problem solve or to be productive because you think that you need a list in order to be productive. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I totally agree with you. Like your brain's really good at solving problems. Like, it's probably better at solving problems when you're not trying to force it to solve problems. You're right like, about that. That's why you have 2 a.m. thoughts and shower thoughts. Like your brain's really freaking good at that. Like let it do its thing. Well, and to your point earlier, Caitlin, of the power of asking questions, that's something I've turned around on myself lately is like, okay, what is the question that I have here? And then ask myself that question and not a demand and an answer right away. You know, it's kind of like having that same curiosity and questioning with myself and then seeing what comes up. Cause you're right. Like the brain wants to solve. So what, what comes up like for real for you? I think a lot of us are out of that practice of even sitting with a question, um, you know, this idea of productivity actually is bringing up another thing I was hoping to talk with you about, Caitlin, is um, the idea of designing your dream day. So a lot of the, these topics around like building safety and building security, for me, as I started to implement this more lifestyle-based business, it was very hard for my brain to feel safe and secure and not be hyper-productive. <laughs> it felt like, um, you know, I part of my story is... Um, Time independence is really important to me. Location independence is really important to me. One of the biggest game changers in my business was getting clear on like what I wanted my day to look like, like envisioning my ideal day. How do I live that day? And so when I started actually building that business and doing that, I ran into a lot of safety and security issues because I think we're all really deeply hardwired of like, a lot of my value and worth and safety in this life comes from my productivity. So like that rewiring, it was almost like my business was ahead of my brain (laughs) and it really took me a minute to speaking of length to kind of like rewrite those stories and catch up. Ooh, that's so good. Well, so the question I have there is like, and I maybe didn't ask this clearly enough earlier, Mariah and I are, um, we use the word jealous in a really positive way, but like your yeah. pivot from designer to 
coach seemed easeful and seamless. <laughs> so well, tell us, <laughs> did you have that, that mental lag like I, that I had, or like, what was it uh, like, yeah, for you, like stepping for sure. into, you're stepping into a new identity, you know, you're holding a higher space perhaps for clients than you used to. Like, what did that look yeah. like? Uh, it was not easy, but thank you for saying that. It means so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I'm still, I'm still, I, there are lessons that I learned in the design growth, the design experience, that whole business, the evolution of that business, the success of that business. There are lessons that I learned. There are lessons that I can sit here and I can teach you. There are lessons that I taught people on my podcast before I was even fully committed to coaching that I could not for the life of me connect to the exact same lesson in the coaching business. So I had to relearn it, which was so annoying when I was like, wait, I already know that one. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> it was so frustrating and it still continues to be. There's still things that pop up that I'm like, wait a second. This is the exact same thing with like a different, different makeup on it. Like, are you kidding me? Um, so I wouldn't say it's been easy, but the thing that did make it feel more ease filled was, um, the commitment to my values. And I share similar values to you, like time freedom. And, um, I guess I didn't have to relearn that aspect because I was like, no matter what, I'm not going to like, even to my detriment, I'm not going to, to sacrifice that I'm not going to overwork. I'm not going to stress myself out about things that don't need to be stressed out about. And when I say to my detriment, I mean, cause I had to like learn how I could support people without just, I had to feel like I had the capacity to support a lot of people without exhausting myself. That's why I said detriment. Um, but did I answer your question? <laughs> Can well, I tell actually, you something that came up when you, yeah, please. Me? Yeah. Whatever. Um, I love everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think it's a funny thing about y'all talking about your, your charts connecting you. I've never really put this realization together until just this moment. Um, I started dating my partner, Will, um, kind of at the start of moving here. Like I met him way too quickly when I moved here. I wasn't, I joke about that. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really ready to start dating, but anyway, I, um, at the time he was working as a bartender. And so he had a really weird schedule and obviously I had a really weird schedule. And so when you were saying that, what popped into my mind was he was probably the first person and the best person for me to realize that like my desire for time freedom was allowed because I didn't have, if he had worked a traditional nine to five, suddenly I would have been like constricted or I would have probably constricted myself to that kind of schedule so that I could hang out with him after work and hang out with him on the weekends. But the fact that we could go out and get drunk on a Tuesday and do whatever we wanted, like actually sort of showed me that it was okay to have and desire this sort of time freedom and that it was like acceptable. So that's an interesting thing that I've never really thought about but that came up when you were speaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's half of the battle is allowing your dream day. Cause I'll tell you what, everyone is going to tell you that's not possible. All the people in my life that don't aren't aware of this world. What you only work four hours a day. What you go out in the park on a nice afternoon, you know, like you take vacation whenever you want. That's not possible. Like I, my parents mm -hmm. still tell me. Right. So I think there is a bit for me of like, no, I can have this. This is possible, especially these days. It's more possible than ever. So I find that really empowering. Thanks for sharing that.
Just wanted to slide in here mid-episode and fill you in on some cool things quick. So we are in our third season of Curiously Guided, and there's nothing that fires us up more than making this podcast and hearing all the positive impacts it's having on our listeners. Up until this point, this has been a pure passion project, but we've got bills and expenses for this podcast, y'all. If you have the means and would love to support us in creating new episodes, feel free to head over to curiouslyguided.com slash support to buy us a coffee. And if you want even um, a deeper dive, we're excited to offer, we're going to now um, start doing some strategy sessions where you get both Mariah and I's brains on your business. And um, there's nowhere else in the world where you can, We Mariah and I both don't work with people in such micro ways. So this is kind of a cool thing to get both of us looking at your business in kind of like a one-off strategy session. Just imagine us two and you together diving deeper on your business business, marketing, sales, and everything in between, um, all while filtering it through the lens of strategy, energetics, and energetics, which you know is our style. So if you want to learn more about what working with Mariah and I could look like, head on over to our website, curiouslyguided.com slash session to get the details. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you so, so much. Now let's get back into the episode. you know, realizing I was a projector was, um, honestly what led me to give myself permission of like, I had always felt weird. Our families call us the weirdos, like me and my husband. So like, I really get that. And I had the, the nine to five and I just, even in grad school and in college, I knew that I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't sit there that I can't do that. But I was like, oh, you'll get used to it. That's just what everybody does. That's the only way to do it. You'll get used to it. And so, and then I got in there I still couldn't get used to it in the sleep. I'm glad you said that thing about sleepy. My mom used to always tease me. I always wanted to come over and take a nap. Like that's all, I was so sleepy. And so learning about if you, if you are a projector as well, and there's other um, types that are like us, we don't have the energy that all these other people, 70% of the population has. So of course you feel like a square pig trying to fit into a round hole your whole life. And once I had that realization, I don't have all this energy. I have to figure out a job that works for me. That was like, it became more of this, like, um, this is the only way it's, it was my fucking moment. Honestly, I never realized that human design played into that, but it's like, oh shit, I work differently. And most of the jobs out there aren't really set up for people like me. So like, I got to get honest about what this really looks like. And I got to turn off. This is that trust thing. I got to turn off listening to other people's opinions about what it's supposed to look like. And then like, all right, how am I going to make this happen? You know? Yeah, Mariah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that was perfect. And it just uh, kind of reminded me of the realization that I had moving so it's like I just moved from Buffalo to North Carolina and we're and so first we we moved to South Carolina we stayed with my aunt for a little bit and I was having these realizations when I was staying there and I was like I have all of this time and I had this realization of just like I didn't realize how much of a fucking people pleaser I was and it's like you saying that where you're like I don't have all of this energy to do these things like everybody else I'm a generator and I do have the energy and where I was falling in is like, of course I have the energy, but I was spending my energy doing shit 
for other people or things that I didn't really want to do. So it was zapping me and that subtle layer of stress came in to where it's like, I've always had the energy. I've always been go, 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 go. I remember I was a full-time student and I had two jobs. I literally was just like, bink, 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 like checking off all of these boxes, just doing whatever the fuck I wanted to, because it's like, I have all of this energy. But I didn't realize how much of that energy was being siphoned by the fact that I couldn't say no. Mm. And it's just very interesting because it's it's kind of like a similar lesson in just like a completely different energetic way. I suppose like the frequency of them are different problems, but it's essentially the same thing. And like, what do we always talk about on this podcast? It's coming back to yourself. And I think that's honestly why I'm so drawn to human design, why we talk about it so much is just because like, it's a, a framework that gives us a permission slip to be ourselves. And it's a structured tool to allow you to self reflect in a way that feels confined. So it feels tangible Mm. where it's like, this is this center. So let's explore this. So there's a little bit of boundaries around it. So I'm not just like, oh man, I'm self-reflecting. And then I like fucking pull up everything and I'm like, nope, too overwhelming. I'm shoving all of it back down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. I think about, um, I, I support a lot of generators and manifesting generators and something we talk a lot, a lot about, about a lot is, um, is that the energy, like it's, it's for the things that light you up. Like you have so much power for the things you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> like the things you want to be doing. Not like baby showers every fucking weekend and wedding yeah. showers and like all of this random. That, yeah. There's not unlimited sacral energy for that. If that doesn't light you up, like there's just, it's just the energetics aren't there. And so, yeah, like you, you have so much power in you and I'm speaking to you, but I mean like anyone listening who, who's a generator or manifestor, so much power, but it's, it's for what lights you up. It's for your excitement. It's for your like lit upness, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's definitely a lesson that fucking kind of, I I don't think that it would have hit me in the face unless I moved out of my comfort Mm -hmm. zone, out of Buffalo, where I was born, raised, lived forever, because it was so subtle feeling that life was just life. And there was no reason to question it because that's just how it's always been type thing. Mm -hmm. But I am curious, like we, we mentioned that you kind of talk about like a 20 hour or less work week. Mm. And I'm just curious because I know that this is probably like a a full framework or process and it's very individualized, but like, I guess what questions do you ask your clients or like people listening, what questions can they start asking themselves to just make that possible make that a thing that like makes sense. Even me as a generator, having so much of this energy, it's like 20 hours, then what the fuck am I going to do with the rest of the hours? And it's like well, a lot of the great times, question. That's you the know what I mean? <laughs> I would start there. What else do you want to do? <laughs> because I feel like we forget that we're multifaceted people. Like give it. Wow, that is a good question. Thanks for repeating that back. What a fucking <laughs> great question. <laughs> what else am I going to do with all of my time? <laughs> Um, I, I truly think that's a good question. Uh, but that is a question that I, I talk a lot about with my clients and it'll be so funny. Cause they're like, well, I don't know. And they're like, maybe I want to like paint. And I'm like, fucking paint, like, let's go. <laughs> like, and it's always just these things that you forget that you have, that life is supposed to be enjoyable <laughs> and that there are things that spark joy. Like, 
I don't know. I'm no good at pottery. I'm no good at baking, but I've been trying to do those things because it's like kind of fun to be bad at something and like not care about being bad at it. Like makes me feel like a kid again. Mm-hmm. But anyways, to answer your question, <laughs> um, questions that I think are really important. What you just asked is a good one. Other things are, and I say this, like, and I have a little guide and what I say in it is like, by the way, like this title is just for marketing purposes. Like your dream week doesn't have to be a 20 hour work week. So like, I think the first question is what is that dream week or day kind of actually look like? How much are you actually working? I have plenty of clients who are like, no, I like working a standard eight hour day. Like I like that schedule. It works with my partner's schedule. It works with my kid's schedule, whatever. Like that actually feels really good for me. Okay, cool. Let's do that. But maybe they don't want to work Fridays or something like that instead. So I think like really exploring what is, what would be really fun for you? What would be really ideal for you? What would be really expansive for you? What would feel like that there's not a sense of like dread or worry when you look at your schedule, right? Like, of course there's things that we don't want to do. I don't want to go to the DMV, but like that doesn't derail my whole week because my whole week feels really good for the most part, you know? So I would start with that really just getting like in the same way that we talk about like defining success for yourself. Like this is just defining, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What are you actually working on? What are you doing? Um, what would you be doing with your spare time? What other hobbies or interests would you put in there? And then, then it gets kind of into like the mindset questions, right. Of like, and why can't you have that? What makes you think that that's not possible? What's currently taking up all of your time? What's making you so busy? Are those tasks important? Are they actually doing anything for you or for your business? You know, Mm. I just like rapid fire (laughs) shots them off. No, no. And I I find myself trying to answer them in my head right now. That's why we're kind (laughs) of like, um, wait a minute. I don't know. Pause and repeat. (laughs) Sorry. Just word vomiting. Those were Uh, all great. Um, you know, what stuck out to me is something you said earlier about focusing on building your energetic capacity. Cause as you were asking those questions, what holds me back? I do feel like that is a fear often of like, I'm going to get to this new place and I'm not going to be able to hold it, hold that yeah. level. <laughs> so yeah. one thing we were excited to talk with you about, this is a nice segue is Mariah often says like running a business is half strategy, but the more important half is the energetics and that energetic side. So what does that look like to kind of build that energetic capacity and like, you know, trust Ooh. yourself to stand up and hold more? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier and I didn't, like I was like buzzing over here, but I didn't say anything. You said like micro actions. And I'm like a real big fan. I'm a real big fan of like, what's the like 0.01% thing that you can do today? Like less pressure, more about like not consistency in the like patriarchal bullshit kind of way, but like in the way of like, I know where I'm going. And I know that this, even this stupidly small action matters and important. It's all, it's all adding up. It's all working. The momentum is building I'm really into that. Um, so when I think about like expanding the capacity in the past, my mind would be like, you know, I'll just use like an example. I've got to go from believing that I can support, you know, five private clients at once. Cause that's what I have right now. And I'm doing it. And like, my day's not too full. Now, now I want to, I want to open up a group program and I want 10 people in that. So I want to expand my energetic capacity to support 15 people at one time. And I would just be like, all right, I can support 15 people. I can support 50, like just trying to like affirm it and like tell myself. And now I think NLP. Is that NLP? <laughs> kind of, I guess. No, more just like <laughs> affirmations and like willpower, <laughs> like just like forcing myself to try to believe something that I don't believe. Um, but now I think about it more as like micro action. So like, okay, I just need to see what it feels like to invite one new client into my world mm. and see how that feels. Okay. This feels good. What about another client? 
Okay. That feels good. What about another? So I think, I think smaller and I trust that the smallness is going to get me to the big. Ooh, this trust kind of that like the smallness will get you to the big. That's so good. Like I think, that, and I don't think it's like a, I think it's like a pretty common practice. It's just not applied to business very often. Like when anyone talks about like going on a, a, a weight loss journey, they're not like, I've got to lose 50 pounds tomorrow because that's wildly unrealistic. But instead they're like, okay, I need to try to focus on eating this and doing this much exercise so that I can lose a pound this week. And like, if you're doing that in a healthy way, right? Like, you know, that that pound will compound with the next pound will compound with the next pound. But I think for some reason in business, I guess, cause we're inundated with 30 second success stories. Big way. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be like this drastic overnight thing versus yeah. like, no, it's the compounding actions that, that get you there. Man, that's such a good point. I think that's the thing I say to coaching clients the most consistently is like, there's a bit of patience and just like show up, do the baby step. What What's the baby step today? Mariah and I are yelling about baby steps constantly, but there's something lately I've been thinking of the tarot card of the hermit of like, he can see like the step he's on and the step ahead of him and nothing else. Right. And that's all that's really important. So like, what is the baby step in the direction? Like have the vision. And then what is that next baby step? And that's such a great way to break it down. Thank you. Yeah. It's It's like breaking down cardio, right? It's like, fuck, I got to do like an hour of cardio today, but I'm going to, it's actually little chunks of five minutes me and Andrew (laughs) were talking about that earlier where it's just like you remember remember at the gym where you're just like looking at the cardio time and you're just like oh only five more times do I have to hit this two minute interval but like (laughs) that's basically it and then it's like it's not cardio and we get to make it more fun Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I that's a perfect example I do the same thing when I'm when I'm doing cardio I'm like all right five more minutes three times. We've got this. We've got, this. I can do, I can do five more minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I do that with work even is, um, if I have like a big task, that's kind of like amorphous, I don't know what the end result's going to be. I'll really avoid it. But if I just, I'm just like, okay, what's the next literal step? I got to open the Google doc. And if I just like, like, what's the easiest next step, you know, that makes it all of a sudden a bit more digestible. And then there's a really great book I want to recommend here. I'm not sure if y'all have read this. This is like an oldie, but a goodie. Um, do you know the book, The Compound Effect? Have either of y'all read that? I think that I read it when I first got into business. I read it maybe in high school with my best friend, who's also an entrepreneur. She's been on the podcast. Um, she, it's an, it's about the power of baby steps and it's a real short read, but it will get you real jazzed about baby steps. And he really gives a lot of great examples of how baby steps, the thing, the magic with baby steps is they start to compound, but just like compounding interest, they all start to build on top of each other and fold into each other. And all of a sudden you have this big snowball or if you will, that started out really small. Right. So, um, definitely if you guys are digging this idea of like micro actions and baby steps, I would check out that book, but, um, I do think that, especially for like neurodivergent brains like myself, we can tend to overcomplicate things. So there's like a lot of power in breaking it down, making it stupidly simple. You know, it's actually a question I ask myself a lot is like, where am I overcomplicating? What, where, what is the, is there an easy next step? There always is. Right. So just kind of like asking that and sitting with it again. Oh, what's the difference? What's the difference between breaking down and I'm just uh, this is just a question that came through because it's two different things that we talked about what's the difference between breaking things down into very easy simple steps and scheduling them and 
having too much control, like trying to grasp mm-hmm. on too much control yeah. and trying to schedule everything in. Yeah. Because they're essentially I, the same thing, but two sides of the same coin. I think that's the answer that one is, is the extent is the, the, you know, everything in moderation. One is you're pulling into like the, the quote negative, the shadow side of something, right? Like you're pulling into a place that stems from uh, distrust in yourself, maybe some scarcity, maybe some lack, right? Like I, when I'm, when I'm in that part of myself, when I'm in my unhealthy expression of that, I'm not scheduling my bathroom breaks because it feels good and empowering. I'm scheduling it because I literally don't trust myself to go to the bathroom or something, right? Like some kind of really weird disconnect in my brain's happening. When I'm like, here's the one thing I need to do today to move towards the desires that I have. That's coming from a place of like, I'm moving towards something. I'm excited. I'm expansive. I see this thing for myself. I'm not overwhelmed with steps six through 1000. I'm just right here on step one. And to me, that feels like empowerment and like love and like devotion to the thing versus like, I don't trust myself. So I need to just control and map out the next, you know, three months, hour by hour. Otherwise I don't trust anything will happen, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's just, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I kind of asked that question because I feel like listening, you could be like, wait, isn't the thing that you said to stay away from the thing that now that you're recommending, but it all comes back to like, what is the energetic frequency underneath it? What's behind it? What's the motivation? And mm-hmm. like, what do you need? Yeah. And I'll also add like, what season are you in? Cause it's funny. Like I really, Caitlin, you talked about the pendulum earlier and Mariah and I talk about that metaphor a lot of like, I'm almost in an opposite season of you where I threw out all structure. I was so mad about it at my last job. (laughs) I was like, no structure for me. I hate structure. And now I'm realizing like some healthy um, structure in place really allows me to show up as my best. And I have been really like fighting this thing that actually helps me, but I needed to swing hard in one direction to figure out like the healthy medium. And so I think asking yourself like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this from a place of like, that more shadow side or am I doing this because it allows me to show up as my highest and best and like take a step towards you know and so I really think that like and that can change in different seasons different seasons are going to call for different things right so it's again coming back and checking in with yourself and not letting anything get too set in stone and being too precious with anything right so uh really cool like it feels more flexible and empowering to like think about it that way I, yeah. I actually asked the question to my coach not too long ago. Um, I said, I know where my line is in, in like kind of like the more masculine energy. I know like I, I'm someone who does well with structure too. Like I'm quad left. I'm, I like some structure. I know where structure supports me and where I go into unhealthy. Like I'm, I'm very familiar with that now because of just practice and awareness. I'm less familiar with the other thing. Where does rest and relaxation, relaxation become um, I'm buffering and I'm mindless and I'm tuned out and I'm not connected to myself. I'm, I'm, I feel less comfortable in that line for myself. Yeah. And she was challenging me on me saying that because she was like, well, I think, you know, or else you wouldn't be asking. She was like, you know, like you, the examples I had used her was like, when is it? I'm just mindlessly watching like love is blind on Netflix over and over and over again, not even paying attention to who's who and what relationship they're in. And she was like, I think you just said like where your line is, like, you know, when that, cause it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel 
life-giving. It doesn't feel supportive. It, you feel like shit. That's probably where your line is. Whereas like sitting on the couch and reading a few chapters every night, that feels good. I'm in that I'm aware I'm, I'm, my attention is there. I'm connected with the book. I'm connected with my surroundings. That feels good. It feels rejuvenating, you know? Ooh, I love that. So it comes back to connecting with how it makes you feel. That is always the answer. How does this make you feel? Which sounds so obvious, but we are so disconnected. And then you get to draw the line. That's such an empowering message as well. It's like, you get to decide where is healthy and then where is unhealthy, right? And it's going to be this kind of um, thing that should- Sometimes it is healthy to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Sometimes I really do need that, but I have to have the awareness of when am I no longer doing this and actually feeling relaxed and actually feeling restful? And instead I'm just like in this weird kind of shame spiral in my head and I'm not paying attention and I'm avoiding things like, but you, only you can really like know that for yourself, you know? Ooh, and what a beautiful question. Sorry. Martin. And what a beautiful example of just like, nothing is black and white mm. ever ever I mean almost really like (laughs) everything is in the gray area and it's our responsibility to explore that and figure out what that means for us like we have to stop putting that responsibility on our coach our parent our somebody else that's here supporting us we are allowed to have support but at the end of the day we need to stand up and take personal responsibility for us diving in and figuring this out for ourselves because that's the only way that we're going to get to a point that like I said before feels fulfilling at the depths Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what we're all craving, right? Is that like deep fulfillment. Yeah. And I think that's the only way to do it. We have to take personal responsibility to like, I don't call our fucking selves out on it. And everybody's mm-hmm. starting in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like just giving yourself the grace to like explore the different areas, ask yourself the different questions. Even if you've asked yourself these questions 75 times, which is usually what comes up with me of just like, I already asked myself this. I've already (laughs) reflected on it. I'm already good at this. And then it's like, not this week. You're not. Oh yeah. Oh, so good. Yes. Yes. I just had to interrupt you just to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but I, I think we're ready to wrap this one up. Is there is there anything else that we kind of want to dive into? Well, this is an episode that I'm really excited to go revisit. Uh, if I'm being honest, Caitlin, I feel like you just dropped so much wisdom and so many bombs. Like I was like, cool, that's a quotable. That's a quotable. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing your zone of genius with us. Like it was really um encouraging and inspiring to have this conversation with you and um, we would we usually like to wrap up the podcast by asking our guests a question um what has been sparking your curiosity lately have there been any rabbit holes that you found yourself on Ooh, can i be like oddly specific be very yeah yes please when um, you said that thing about bending your the spoon with your mind like i was like this is perfect <laughs> i love oddly specific. <laughs> um i am in a deep dive on, I have the, the 1020 that uh, connects my, my identity center and my throat. And despite training and years of study and all, reflection, da, 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 it's still an enigma to me. I still can't quite grasp it. I think this episode is a glimpse of it. It's this idea of like the truth in the now. And like, I, I don't know if you guys share this, but like we did a, a grounding meditation beforehand. And I think that really helped like settle into like being in the now. Mm-hmm. And it's this, it's this channel that I try, I find myself trying to strategize. I find, I try myself, like I get 
I'm like, I just want to understand it, but it's like supposed to be un understandable. And so I'm completely fascinated by it. And I'm in a deep dive, just really trying to, I don't even want to say understand it, but like embody it more. So that was my oddly specific answer. Uh, coming from another obsessed human design person. Yeah, I get it. I feel like I am consistently trying to strategize almost everything in my chart and like sit with it in the mind, but it's truly like, how can you allow yourself to just have patience and figure it out? But I was telling Shay what's interesting at the time of recording this, the sun is in gate five of human design and basically what the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's my unconscious so, son. Sorry. <laughs> and so what essentially that means for my humans that aren't human design people is like it is moving through the energy of like patience, essentially. And so I just looked at my human design chart and I don't have that defined, but Shay and Andrew both have that defined. And so that's why I feel a lot more patient with myself and whatever when I'm with both of them. So it's like this week, similar to like allowing yourself to just sit with it. It's like, I'm allowing myself to sit with like, what would it mean if I was more patient? Because I have the hanging gate basically I don't have the full channel. And so I'm always kind of like yearning for patience, yearning for it. And it was like, it's just interesting to allow that to sit in without trying to strategize it and create a list of like, what does it mean to be patient? Please yeah. define what it means to be patient. And then how are you going to express patience throughout this week? And am I being like, patient? So I get a good yeah, start like, for am my I, patience? Am, <laughs> Am I being patient with allowing myself to strategize the patience? And it's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it feels uncomfortable, but I feel like when things feel uncomfortable, it's an invitation for curiosity. Mm. Ooh, can I say one more thing? I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but that's just, so yeah, no, please. say it, yeah. speak. Um, the, the idea of ease is always confusing to my clients because they come to me and they expect, I think a lot of them expect me to be like, yeah, just like, don't do shit. It's fine. And like, sometimes that is my advice. Like literally sometimes I have clients who are completely overworking, overachieving. And I'm like, can we try and maybe not doing anything for like, I don't know, two hours today and see what happens. Like sometimes that is my advice. Um, but a lot of times what we talk about is that ease is often created through doing the thing that you think is the hard thing because it will create more ease. So an example I give is like for the longest time in the design business, I was so scared to, to, to send the email that would assert the boundaries and so I would put it off and I would put it off when the thing that would actually create the most ease <clears throat> is if I sent the email, because then communications would be had, things wouldn't be festering in my mind. They wouldn't be getting upset with lack of communication. And we would just move forward with the process. So like ease would come from doing the hard thing and just knowing that you can do the hard thing and you can do it for five minutes or 10 minutes or however long it takes. And so I feel like that is part of this, this gate five journey. Like it can create more ease for you to have patience, but it doesn't mean it's easy to learn patience. Yeah. Ease is not easy. I think that's a really nice, cause I think a lot of people are like, don't just tell me that it's easy. It's like, it's not really what I'm saying. That's what they mean. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the hard thing that then allows more ease. Yeah. I think that's so poignant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful that you shared that. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. It, uh, yeah, that, that, that really hit something and really grounded something. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so last thing that we're going to ask of you, I promise. So can you just <laughs> tell our listeners where they can find and connect with you? Yes. Um, I'm basically only really on Instagram, but I love Instagram. Come hang out with me on Instagram. Um, I'm at Caitlin S Kessler. Cause 
someone had Caitlin Kessler. So I had to put that middle initial in there, which is fine. Um, but that's where I predominantly hang out. And then my website is CaitlinKessler.com. Okay, cool. So we will leave the links to that in the show notes below. And I think you have, do you have like a freebie or something around creating an ideal schedule, something yes. like that? Can you just tell us like what that is? Yeah. So the create your 20 hour work week, which like I said earlier, like it's also just about creating your ideal work week. It doesn't have to be 20 hours. That's just, you know, catchy. Um, that is a freebie and it is, it's robust. It's basically a mini course. It's, it is in depth and it will be very supportive to you. Actually a great time of the year to do it in preparation for, well, actually, I don't know when this is coming out. Any time of year is a great year to do it. <laughs> It'll be around the new year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's at, um, caitlincustler.com slash freebie. Okay, yes. cool. Thank you for sharing that. So I think we're going to go and put the link to that in the episode show notes as well. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with somebody that you think would love it. Share it on social media, tag us, reach out to us. If something popped out to you, totally DM us. We love connecting with you guys. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so we can all continue to grow together. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.